0: Let's give it up for the moms and the women in our lives that play these motherly roles. Feliz Dia de las Madres a todos, a todas. And as even Danny was mentioning earlier today, right, um, or Ben in the prayer, uh, the love of God. And God really does um, express God's love, his love in so many different ways in the scriptures. And one of those ways is the love of a mother, God says, I have loved you like a nursing mother. I have loved you like a hen gathering her chicks. So that love, that passion that you have, moms, for your children, for those God has called you to care for and love, that's really a taste of the love of God that is flowing in you and out of you. And so we praise God and we thank God for you. Happy Mother's Day once again. We're grateful for all moms and inspirational women here at Imago. You know, in the U.S., we don't make a big deal about International Women's Day, but here at Imago, we just combine them both. So this will be both uh, a thank you to all the amazing women in our lives here and at Imago and also a uh, Happy Mother's Day to all because many of you have played a key motherly role in the lives of so many, whether it be in the lives of your siblings or stepchildren or families or whatever it may be. Um, Happy Mother's Day to all. We love you and we pray for you. So uh, many of you, when you came in, you received a flower and received that flower really as a token of affection and as a sign of our love, our appreciation, and our deep respect for you. So... Yeah, we uh, thank God for you, and we actually echo some of the words of uh, one of those uh, you know, American prophets, James Brown, right, <laughs> who once said, it's a man's world, but it is absolutely nothing without a woman or a girl. So, yeah, we thank God for each one of you, and, uh, and yeah, of course, his phrase is outdated for sure, but um, anyway, let's go ahead and open up. God's word and continue in our time of worship by uh, opening up scripture in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verses 7 to 10. Uh, apologies, that'll be Ephesians 1, 13 to 23. Ephesians 1, 13 al 23. So let's go ahead and open our ears and open our hearts to hear the word of God. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 13. It should be right behind me, or you can follow along in your Bibles as well. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning at verse 13. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Verse 15, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of the glorious inheritance in his people and his incomparably great power for us who believe, the power that is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. For above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come, And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him, Christ, to be head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, would you meet us? In the midst of our questions, in the midst of our emotions, some of us, Lord, are feeling joyful and thrilled and energized. Others, Lord, are feeling um, lonely and discouraged. Lord, however it is that we feel, your word says that you are the God of true comfort. So would you fill us with that true comfort? Dios Santo, ayúdanos esta mañana. Confortanos, Dios Santo. Lord, we believe, God, that whatever we're going through, you're already with us and you're ahead of us. You're clearing the path. You're making a way, God. And so, Lord, we even say thank you for your goodness. Now, even when we may not immediately feel it or see it, God, but we say thank you. Lord, we want to thank you for the mom and the women of Imago Church, Lord God. The ones who ha- really have just been tremendous disciples, God. Caring for and bringing up their children, Lord, in the faith. Being pillars here in the church. Being sent witnesses, Lord, proclaiming your good news, Lord, just as those women did, Lord, in, in the, after the resurrection, Thank you, God, for the mothers, motherly figures, women of God here at Imago. Lord, we cherish them. And we pray, Lord, that even this small token of affection would be a reminder to them of how much they are loved, cherished, Lord, and precious in your eyes and ours as well, God. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us by your word in a way that is fresh, in a way that is new, in a way that is... um, that transforms us, doesn't just inform us this morning, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 So we all know here at Imago that we're created in the image of God and that our, our identity is in God's image and our purpose is in the image of Christ. And we're continuing in this season and spirit of Easter We celebrated the resurrection a few weeks ago, but now we are called to live as a resurrection community, a community that lives in light of that truth, that truth of God that changes everything. And we've been in this sermon series about what it means to actually grow, to grow up in Christ and experience spiritual maturity. Together as a community, we've been diving deep into the book of Ephesians. We started this a couple of weeks ago, then last week I was away and we had one of our special mission partners share a a bit of all that God is doing um, in and through their lives. Um, But today we're continuing in this series on the book of Ephesians, where we're really focusing on this call from God to grow up, not just grow old, but to grow up to grow up and to mature in Christ. And growing up and in developing spiritual maturity really is a call to authentic living, to living authentically and transparently, to be the me that I am here and there and everywhere, but inviting God into all of those aspects of our lives. Growing up spiritually also involves growing up with god's people not just isolated and alone spiritual maturity is actually learning to proactively grow up in christ instead of what not all of us grow up in christ i've seen it many many times some people choose and it is a choice to instead of proactively growing up in christ others can choose instead to passively grow old as a religious Christian, to just in some ways stay stunted right where they started for the next 20, 40 years. But really, the Lord that we follow, that calls us to reflect him in our lives, our words, and our actions, is a God who invites us into spiritual maturity. Not just to grow old, but to grow up in the book of Ephesians. We find a lot of the basis for this, of not just being content or being stunted in our growth, but to continue to follow Jesus to the point of transformation, not just information or inspiration. And it's also in the book of Ephesians. This is one of my favorite books in the Bible, actually, one of my uh, favorite New Testament books, because it really, uh, when we were developing the vision and call for Imago, um, uh, one of the main passages that we were looking at was in the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians is really where we find the biblical basis for one of our our church uh, visions and goals, which is experiencing the hope of Christ through restored relationships. Every single Sunday, we gather around God's good news, around the gospel. And this same good news that we're gathered around today was the same story that was witnessed by a community of early Christians in an ancient city in modern-day Turkey by the name of Ephesus. Now, I'm really grateful to be back with you all once again this week. I missed you all dearly last week, but I was actually at this uh, conference and retreat with uh, pastors and missionaries from around the world. And we met up in Ireland, and then we went out to the Netherlands to just learn and partner with what God is doing in those parts of the world. And, friends, brothers, sisters, I really want you to know our God is active, our God is alive in tremendous ways to just be able to go in a different land in a different country in a different context and see god at work in tremendous ways is really just an act of worship and an act of of surrender to the lord one of the people that i got to spend time with there uh, was a a good friend of mine Uh, he's a missionary Um, his name's rick and uh, rick was a missionary in the land of turkey for about um, seven to 11 years. And part of his call was, again, just to reflect Christ, to preach Christ in a land where a lot of our Christian history began. We wouldn't know it today because after the Ottoman Empire and whatnot, it became a primarily uh, Muslim country. But that's really the heart of this friend of mine who, who lived amongst the Turkish people for so many years to be able to bring the good news of God back to the place where the church of Ephesus was, but he's able there to uh, live amongst uh, Turkish people to proclaim the gospel. And then in 2018, he got kicked out of that country, but he still had a heart for that group of people that he would be willing to lay his life down for. So what did he do? He chose to go to Europe, to go live in the Netherlands because in the Netherlands alone, there are over 50,000 Turkish Muslims. And in the Netherlands, there, is, there aren't any boundaries in proclaiming the gospel. So he's still able to live out his call of, of mission in Europe, to minister to uh, Turkish Muslims in Europe. What an amazing world that we live in. What a connected world that we live in today. But that's part of his call. So please be praying for him, and um, that will be one of our mission partnerships as well. But as I was there, uh, we got to attend a church, which was a mixed church in the Netherlands between um, uh, Dutch people and uh, modern Dutch people of today, um, and also uh, um, Turkish Christians. And there was this wonderful couple there, and they really shared about what that journey has been like for them to really just surrender all, to follow Christ, to even um, leave home, you know, to do things that we think are just some kind of metaphor, but was a reality for them, to leave their mother and father, to, to know that the family of God is those who do his will. And as, as I was talking to, um, to, to the, the wife, to the mother in the family, um, and uh, she was just telling me how that memory of of Christian history in Turkey, how it's in many ways been erased or wiped out. But part of their call is wanting to be able to bring that back to that land in which God has been so active over the years and over history. So it's really in this place, in Ephesus, which again was in modern day Turkey, it was a a really um, important part of the world at the time. That's where Paul is writing his letter to it was an intersection of major trade routes, commercial center, very transient area where the surrounding communities, they passed through and depended on it for resources. In some ways, similar to our state here of California and the Central Valley, right, which many have called the breadbasket of the, of the entire United States. Most of the surrounding community depends on some of the goods here in order to be sustained in other areas as well. And it's to this church, to this humble group of gathered community, which probably would have been similar to the season and size that Imago is in, um, in the season of rebuilding, it's into this community, the church in Ephesus, that God, through the Apostle Paul, actually reveals his big goals and his big dreams for humanity. Just imagine that. Think about that. The God that we worship, he reveals his heart. He reveals his hopes, his aspirations for uh, all of humanity, and God's dream is actually in what we read about today. In chapter 1, verse 22, God really just spills out his heart. He's honest, direct, and vulnerable with us and says what he wants out of humanity, out of creation, and he says this in uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, it says this, God's dream is to bring all things together under Christ. God's dream is to bring all things together under Christ. I want you to even try to say that with me. God's dream is to bring all things together under Christ. So whenever someone asks you or whenever you think about that, what is the purpose? What is the point? Why do we do what we do? Why do we do ministry? Why do we plant churches? Why do we go on mission? Oh, it's to fulfill God's dream to bring all things together under Christ. Verse 22 says that God placed all things under his feet and appointed him, Christ, to be head over everything for the church In other words, God's dream is to restore and to put back together something precious that has been broken. You and me, all of creation. And yes, when we're honest with ourselves, we know that something is broken. We all look around and we can tell that something is desperately wrong and that the human heart tends toward wickedness, and we desperately need a Savior. That's why every single week we take time to pray, to pray for each other, to pray for our world, to pray for our community, because we know that this world needs God, that something precious has been broken. Even in the last few weeks, right? All we need to do is just... uh, do some, uh, read the news, listen to the news, whatever it may be, and we see that something's wrong and we need a savior. The war with Russia and Ukraine. I got to speak to a partner, a mission partner in this trip that I was in, and he gave me the direct link on how we as a church can give directly to aid in this conflict uh, to the Ukrainians that are suffering. So we will bring that here to the table next week And uh, we have a leadership team meeting tomorrow and we'll figure out how we can uh, do an effort together as a church to provide a gift, to provide some relief to our uh, friends, brothers, sisters out there in Ukraine. But we see all of these challenges all around us, the pandemic, which is now really in the back burner of a lot of news, but it's still there. It hasn't gone completely. A country divided over power dynamics sudden losses some of these big things and small things they all remind us that something is wrong that there really is something precious that has been broken even here on a local level in the valley in visalia and Tulare, in many ways we see some of that brokenness right in front of us too tale of of two different communities right in the valley, in Visalia, in Tulare, there's really a sense of both hope and hopelessness. There's excitement for what could be and also some kind of boredom, boredom. There's wealth and there's also disparity. There's a sense of community and a family kind of culture, but then a sense of isolation if you're not immediately connected to that. Even around here within a walking radius, right? We'll find drug use, homelessness, uh, teen pregnancy, domestic abuse. All those things are rampant. All All of those things are once again reminders of this truth. That injustice, hopelessness, precious things have been broken. On an international level, on a local level, and on a personal level. But the good news of God, the good news of the gospel that is proclaimed here in the book of Ephesians is that God does something about it. God doesn't just sit by and say, well, poor you. He acts upon it. God has come into our story. He's entered into the messiness of humanity through Jesus and God is committed to restoring that which is broken. He's committed to bringing hope through restored relationships, to bringing it all together in Christ. And God takes uh, takes actions. He takes steps in fulfilling this dream. One, God has uh, restored individuals back to himself. That's an act of grace. I've talked about this here before at Imago. Uh, God restoring people back to himself, that's a vertical act of grace. But then the next step is God's salvation has actually restored individuals to each other in what we call a horizontal act of grace. So we've been restored to God and restored to each other. So every time, um, whether it's Danny or another leader that leads us in the hope through relationships greeting, that's what we're actually expressing That God has restored us to himself and to each other. We've been reconciled. We've been made new. And it's these reconciled people, these restored people, you and me, that God has united to be a part of his body, to be a part of the church. And our goal is to witness to God's dream for humanity, which is to bring all things together in Christ. Scripture refers to us, to the body of believers, as none other than the church. Sister, brother, young one, older one, the church in Scripture is presented as a people. Not just a building, not just an event, not just a place, but a people. That's us, that's you and me, the body of Christ. The people in the church of Ephesus who Paul is writing to here, they didn't just go to church and check that off once a week. They lived into their higher calling. As the church, that's what God calls us to, a higher calling. Not just to maintain an organization, but to bring, to but to become who we were called to be as we follow God on this journey of spiritual maturity and a higher calling. We're called to be who we were created to be, to be imago, created in the image of God. God invites us not just to go to church, not just to do church, but to be the church, to be his family, to be his hands and feet right where we are, just as we are, To move forward with the Lord and give him our open hands, give him our, our bread, give him our fish, and let him do miracles through that. Some of you may be asking, well, that sounds pretty interesting, Pastor Carlos, but what in the world does that even mean? I've always gone to church or heard about that, but what does it mean to be the church? Well, it starts with really just being an active part of God's family as we live and witness the goodness of God through our words, through our thoughts, through our actions. So in other words, it begins with our relationship with God being a part of every aspect of our lives. God is interested not just in the Sunday, but in the Monday through Saturday in our discipleship, in our journey with him in transforming all of it. It starts with and I've said this before sometimes here at Imago. It starts with learning to walk the walk and talk the talk. Not just talk about it, but to walk it as well. To live it out in our thoughts, our words, in our actions. These are God's dreams to bring all things together in Christ, living in such a way that the gospel, the good news of God, would be wider known. Again, we are the church. And today, as we've been talking about spiritual maturity, one of the steps that God gives us to growth in spiritual maturity is to understanding what God's goals are, and then a step, a proactive step for us in spiritual maturity will be for us to align our dreams and our will with God's dreams and God's will. So a step toward spiritual maturity is to align ourselves with the will of God. Where we align our will, all of that really has consequences for every aspect of our lives, for every single day in this life and in eternity. That's one of the markers that you're created in the image of God is that you have a will. You have a choice. Every single day you and I can choose before God to say my will be done or Lord, your will be done. And that's the invitation to go that next level in our spiritual growth and maturity to align our will with God's will. When we love one another, when we serve this world that God so passionately loves, we are aligning our will with God's will That's what it means to be the church, to be a people that is yielding, surrendered, and aligned with the will of God. Not just our will, but God's will. By aligning our will with the will of God, we do a couple of things. One, we partner with God in accomplishing this, God's dream for all of humanity, which is restoring all things back to himself in Christ. And then too, when we align our will with God's will, we fulfill our life purpose because God knows what's best for us, even better than what we think is best for us, believe it or not. We fulfill our life purpose as active members in God's family, in the church, to align our purpose with God's greater purpose, this is how spiritual maturity occurs. When we follow him, even when it's counter to our own instinct, we align our will with his, that's where growth happens. Family, here in God's family, the church, to align our purpose with God's greater purpose, that's how we grow up in Christ. And there are actually five stages of growing up in Christ of spiritual maturity that I've learned about over the years. I never really had language on this until I was able to really hear it from someone else and to think about it. But spiritual maturity and really just transformation individually or in a movement or organization really has five steps to it. It all begins with awareness. That's step one. Then step two is focus. Oh, I'm going to focus my attention toward what I've become aware of. And then step three is action, taking some kind of action toward what God is calling me to, to do or who God is calling me to be. But then the fourth step and the fifth step are the most critical steps in seeing real transformation and real growth in our lives. Not just stopping at action. The fourth step is priority. This now becomes a priority for me. I will prioritize this in my life over all of the distractions around me. And then the fifth step is ownership. I will now own God's dream as my dream as well. Not just something I'm trying to do to get good with God or to look good in front of others. But that's who I'm called to be. Friends, brothers, sisters, maturity occurs in that process. Where are you today? Awareness, focus, action. But then the key to spiritual growth is to go beyond action, to go into priority and ownership. By the Holy Spirit, would He lead us to that? So how do we do this? How do we align our will with God's will in order to grow spiritually and see fruit multiply in our lives? How do we get access to this? Well, it says here in Ephesians 1.13, how to do this, how to grow, how to align, how to get access to that next level of spiritual growth. It says this, you can open up your Bibles or it'll be right in the back, um, uh, right in the projector. It says, in him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. That's the point of access. That he's the one who makes the way. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, friends, brothers, sisters, can never be underestimated. The Holy Spirit is the great connector that gives us access to the will of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps us align our will with the will of God. Actually, that was even the passage that Danny was quoting earlier today from Romans 8, that the Holy Spirit is the great interpreter of all of our prayers and intercessor for us and God, the great connector. It says this word, we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. A seal is a mark. It's like a stamp. You and I have been marked in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is stamped on us. The Holy Spirit is ingrained on us. If we're even modern, we can even say the Holy Spirit is tattooed on us, right? Don't go get your hip Holy Spirit tattoo after this, but... It's spiritual, all right, but (laughs) the Holy Spirit has been marked on us, ingrained on those who believe and is with us wherever we go, and we thank God for that. Because of the Holy Spirit, you are never alone. God is always with you. God is by your side. You have access to the living God, to the will of God, to the heart of God, wherever you go. You know, I got to travel internationally these past couple of weeks, and I was able to see how important this whole idea of a seal is. A seal, again, is a stamp. It's a mark. Any of us that have ever traveled internationally, we realize the power of a seal. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but a seal, that stamp, is actually what allows access to a new place. It's what provides entry and citizenship into a new land, into a new level, into a new life. In my passport, it's kind of fun to look at. I just got new stamps from Ireland and from the Netherlands. And uh, it was kind of funny. When I entered into Ireland, I was super jet lagged. I still am, actually. Some of you have noticed this. Um, (laughs) But... I'm kind of awake right now, but I should be asleep, and uh, yeah, it's kind of been a fun week for me, but um, when I entered into Ireland, I was so out of it and jet-lagged, and, uh, you know, he asked me to present my passport, and he's like, so what are you here for? And I couldn't even think, and I was just like, um, I'm here for some ministry purposes and work purposes, and who do you work for? Where are you from? I- I- I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he just said, huh, hmm. All right, well, poor guy, just get out of here. Let me give you the stamp and just go. All right. So he let me go, thanks to that Irish um, officer. But a seal, a stamp, is actually what allows us to go into a new territory, into a new level, to access entry. The Holy Spirit is our seal. The Holy Spirit is our stamp that gives us access to this next level, new reality with God the great connector that gives us access to the will of God. So the question for us is this. We've been given the seal. We've been given the stamp. We've been given the access. Will we grow up in Christ? When we make the access our action, our priority, and when we take ownership of that, we have the ability will we walk through? God's inviting us into that in this season for Imago, for you as a disciple. Again, that was one example I got to experiment with uh, these, uh, these last couple of weeks as I was going through uh, different countries and getting new stamps on my passport. But I came to first realize how much stamps and seals mean when Back in 2016, when I was graduating from seminary, we wanted to have Charlotte's parents come and visit and to meet their new grandchildren and whatnot, and um, r- really, uh, we worked hard for them to get this seal, to get this stamp. I've told some of you this story before, but my in-laws were coming to visit us when, uh, after Lemmy was born, just a couple of months after that, they were going to be part of of my graduation too, and we purchased them a ticket to visit us in the U.S., and everything was set to go. Yet we purchased the tickets months in advance in order to avoid any kind of problem, and we wanted to look at every tiny detail. And there was one issue, though, which had to do with our northern neighbor here. I've told some of you this story before, which had to do with Canada. Oh, Canada. The hat of America, as some say. But my in-laws were getting to visit the U.S., but they needed to make this quick connection, this quick layover in Canada, just, just to make a quick connection. They weren't gonna, um, uh, you know, vacation there or anything. They were just on their way over here. But some of you may or may not know this, but for certain passports, for certain people crossing through Canada, you still need a visa, You need what's called a connection visa, a transit visa from Canada, wherever you're going to go. And I researched this because I had never heard of this before, but it ended up being true. And based on the passport that our in-laws, that Charlotte's parents had, they were holding, it was required for their flight. They had to have a transit visa. But at the time, it was the month of May, and that wasn't going to be put into effect until the month of October, So that new law wouldn't kick in for another four or five months. So I thought, well, we're good to go. That's the cheaper ticket. Let's just do that. I was wrong. (laughs) Instead, my in-laws, Charlotte's parents, they got to the airport and just as they were trying to check in their passport, the officer that there uh, checked their stamps and said, I'm sorry, we cannot let you on this plane. We cannot allow you on this plane. The officer looked at the passports of my in-laws without much emotion and just said, sorry, you don't have the right seal, you don't have access, you don't have the right stamp on your passport, so I can't let you on this plane. So immediately they called me on the phone with the the border, the customs officer, and we were I was talking to him on the phone with this person I'd never met before and we were talking for a while just going back and forth and I was telling him that the, transi- the transit visa law did not kick in until October later on that year and yet all he can focus on was that the stamp wasn't there so we weren't going to move anywhere. And eventually, I was able to just accept that. It was really hard to, but to accept that access had to be denied So me and this customs guy really argued on the phone for a while until it just set in slowly that without that stamp, without that seal, they don't have access. They can't move forward. Nothing I say will convince this person to let them on to go to that new place. Only the seal of Canada would allow them access. So we had to resort to a plan B, and which was to buy them uh, tickets to a different flight, which completely avoided Canada altogether. And I'm glad it did. Canada, you made me suffer. I'm never going there. But it it was a lesson learned that you need a stamp. A seal is a serious thing. Without a seal, you cannot go in to a new place. You cannot go to your destination. You cannot go to that next level. To enter a new territory, the seal is what allows access and entry and even citizenship into the new place. You know, that is the gift of God. The seal, the stamp of the Holy Spirit which gives access to new heavenly places, to new realities in Christ, to new levels of depth, of purpose, of meaning in our lives. That's the gift of God through the seal of the Holy Spirit. Even friends of mine today who I went on this trip with, they're actually, they've been held back in Europe, five of them, because they couldn't get the authority, they couldn't get the seal to come back home because of the pandemic and COVID requirements. By God's grace, I was able to make it back. But the seal, the stamp, is what allows access and entry and citizenship. The Holy Spirit is the great connector that gives us access to the will of God. It says this and reminds us of this in verse 13. In him you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. The one who is the guarantor of our inheritance, of our access to God. We have this gift. And even when we don't feel it, even when we feel we don't deserve that seal, that access to God, that invitation to a new spiritual reality, to next level growth, we still have the stamp. The stamp is still there with us. We didn't earn it, but it's been gifted and given to us. And part of that seal, part of that stamp, is a reminder to us that truth is more real than our feeling. Sometimes we may feel unworthy of that stamp, To access new levels with God. But the truth is that it's still there because feelings come and go, but God's truth will be sustained. And the truth is that because of Jesus, you and I have access to go that next level into God's family. You and I have received sonship and daughtership and new citizenship because of this new stamp in Christ. Because of your adoption, you are perfectly in Christ. Christ in me will always require growth and maturity. There will be times where we slip and fall, where we fumble, when we mess up. But even when that happens, you are still perfectly in Christ because you have that seal. You have that stamp. You've been adopted into sonship, into daughtership. And eventually, my in-laws were able to come and visit us and spend time with us. They were given access. And once they had access, they were perfectly here in the U.S. Though they were not perfectly American because they didn't understand. They were still learning and growing and getting used to some of the culture and the customs. But friends, similar to you and I, We're not always going to get it, and sometimes we're going to stumble and fall and mess up and have awkward moments, but remember, because of that seal, because of that stamp, you are perfectly in Christ. You're perfectly in Christ. Christ in me still requires growth and maturity, but we are all perfectly in Christ, Even when that happens, because of that seal, because of God's adoption, we're perfectly in Christ. So friends, brothers, sisters, today and this week and in this season of us walking together in this journey of spiritual maturity, may we yield and trust the Holy Spirit to align our will with God's will and to lead us to spiritual maturity to new territory, to new places, to new levels, to new realities. You and I have access to growing up in Christ. May we not just settle for growing old. May we receive the gift of alignment so that we may joyfully partner with God in achieving his dream and achieving our purpose in this life. And friends, above all, may we be the church, the family of God, sons and daughters of the Most High King and our Heavenly Father. Amen. Let's pray. God, we have heard your precious word this morning, we've meditated on it, and we know, Lord, that we do not belong to ourselves but we belong to you. Our citizenship, Lord God, is in heaven. And thank you, God, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you have sealed, stamped, signed, delivered that access, Lord, that passport that we need to go with you to that next stage, that next level. Lord, help us to see the bigger story I know that for me, Lord, I can get challenged with the distraction, with the disturbances, with the discouragements. But Lord, help us to see the bigger picture of what you're doing in us and through us and around us, Lord God. You are bringing all things together in Christ, Lord God. You are achieving your dream even though, Lord, We may not always feel it or think it, Lord. May we know it. Give us faith, Lord. Grow our faith. And we know that in this journey of spiritual maturity, each next level, Lord, requires more faith, not less faith, God. Oh, how we wish that it could just be less faith and feeling like we're some kind of spiritual professionals, Lord. But no, every time we go to a next level with you it calls us to next level faith, next level trust next level surrender and dependence God help us Lord to believe in this new reality to believe Lord that you are doing a good work, a good work Lord that is for your glory and for our good build us up Lord into who you created us to be. Thank you, Jesus. It's one day at a time, one step at a time, but we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, our great counselor, our great friend, our defender, and our connector, the one who is with us and promises to never leave us. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace, your love, and your mercy. Take us to that next level, Lord. May not our will be done, but your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.